Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello. Hello. The last ball because ha- <laughs> I was watching it, um, and uh, I should know because I was watching it. Uh, and you're probably wondering, wait, why is Nick here? The answer is, um, I was going to do a Scottish accent and try to impersonate Jack, but I think I would offend everyone um, on the stream, uh, <laughs> even if they're not actually Scottish. <laughs> Um, and uh, the the reality is, is that I was going to say that maybe I, that uh, Jack had regenerated, um, but uh, Jack, Jack is sort of lost in the space time continuum. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jack now. is. But we will, is, we will re- retrieve him later on. I think. I mean, that's uh, that's an odd way of referring to Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels like that sometimes. You know, when you're walking down the street at four a.m. in Glasgow, you're walking down that big old hill down montrose street you're you're thinking is this a real place uh (laughs) and the answer is is yes uh but anyway the last ball has dropped nick you were i think watching the the djokovic rublev match on stream right um yes although james was doing the main uh bulk of it because we have discovered that it is not actually possible for me to watch a stream that keeps up with the actual live score um, due to the fact that I refuse to invest in an actual like television and I'm watching everything through digital means, um, mm-hmm. but uh, anyway, that's a that's a small detail. So yeah, I, did, I was watching it. I, I kind of caught the first part of the match. Um, I mean, I, obviously, I think people thought about my thoughts of it when actually um, watching the commentary um, and sort of my observations of it. So let's get some let's get a fresh voice in this. And what do you? What what was your take on that match between Djokovic and Rublev? I mean, I was pleasantly surprised by Rublev being able to win a set. Otherwise, it was pretty much par for course, as I expected. Um, it felt like every single longer rally was going the way of Djokovic, as we expected it would. Rublev, unfortunately, doesn't really have the, the weapons to really hurt Djokovic in any significant way. It's it's a horrible, horrible matchup for him, and he it feels like he keeps getting it. Uh, in these quarterfinals, but yeah, it, it was pretty much what I expected, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, I would, I would, I would agree on balance. I, I did think Rublev impressed 
more than uh, quite myself and quite a few people in that um, how he, how he handled the situation. I mean, how he won the first set was really impressive. He peaked for the right points at the right time to get that break and then serve it out. Um, sadly, that momentum crash in the second set was quite significant. Immediately. Yes, <laughs> and, and quite severe as well. Although I think Djokovic probably punished it more than most other players would. Um, and then the way he kind of, he kept it close in set three um, and could have broken Djokovic back and made that third set very interesting in that like 15 minute game um, mm-hmm. was, it was still very, very good um, from uh, from Rublev. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on on his performance and sort of what he was he was able to do. Yeah, I mean, like as as you said, that that long, long game, four or five down in the third, it, it felt like he had chances, and then once it didn't go his way, the the third set felt like it went by super, super quickly, and and uh, it felt like he was never really in it. So yeah, as as I said, it, it's it's just a really really bad matchup for for Rublev against Djokovic. Like he just doesn't really have the means to hurt him consistently, especially over over best of five. It's it's very tough to imagine him him winning one against Djokovic at, at any point, really. Yeah, I mean the match he did win against Djokovic in in Belgrade, um, uh, sort of a year or so ago, um, was a very below par Djokovic. Um, yeah. With- uh, sort of him still struggling with fitness at that point, fitness and injury. Um, so it's uh, it's not a um, it's it's you're right. It's not, it's not like he, he needs Djokovic on an off day to win it because at the end of the day, how Rublev likes to play is kind of um, battling through in rallies and um, beating and, and doing. Um, and doing beatdowns on opponents, and you can't do that with Djokovic. You can't hit through him. Yeah. Now, now the question is: Do you think Sinner has a has a better chance of, of hurting Djokovic in the the next match? <sighs> That's an interesting question. Um, better, yes. Um, I mean, look, we know he can because he got two sets against Djokovic last time through an absolute lightning start. The last time they played at Wimbledon. Um, but I do think that Sinner does suffer from very similar matchup issues with Djokovic. Um, that being said, there have been some clear there have been some clear game improvements um, this year. I, I like his serving this Wimbledon has been incredible. Um, but I think again, if it gets into a rally, you back Djokovic all the way. Um, yeah, but yeah. What, I mean, you, you you have to go on. Uh, yeah, you 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 have to back Djokovic against against Sinner. I back Djokovic fully beginning of the tournament, thinking that there isn't really anybody that I think can can beat him at this tournament. Um, I am curious to maybe see if if we get if we get an Alcaraz matchup in the in the final how that turns out. But yeah, I'm just really really high on Djokovic and Wimbledon. Um, and this match has just continued to confirm it. As for the Sapphilin match, though, he he did get to win a set. And the first two sets, I think the level was very high. It was a, it was like a very high standard of play. They were hitting the absolute life out of the ball, both of them. It was incredible hard hitting from from Sinner and Sapphilin. And yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty impressed with how how Sapphilin handled himself in that match. Did you see much of it? Um, I was um, dual screening, um, obviously, um, mainly commenting on the Djokovic um, Rublev match. And then I think I kind of missed most of the first set because I was kind of still processing what had just happened on the women's matches, um, particularly the Sviantec match. Uh, and I I think that, I think I agree with you that like, I, I think Safi redlined in that second set to kind of come for a breakdown, hit it, get through. And like, he would, you're right, they were hitting it really hard. Um, but Safi obviously couldn't sustain it. And um uh, Sinner um, was taking full advantage and was much more uh, consistent and efficient um, with uh, the way he was playing. But I, I wasn't. That's kind of the gist I was getting from it, whilst focusing on other matches. Yeah, and I mean, two hours fourteen for for a set match sort of tells you everything you need to you need to know in terms of how how fast these guys like to play. <laughs> they, they they really 
that through the match. We're not going to look at that anything that short for Sinner versus Djokovic. No, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, as, as for like what my prediction is for that match, I think that Sinner can make it a lot more interesting than than Rublev was able to, even though he, he did manage to win a set. I just think like like individual sets, I think will be more competitive between Sinner and Djokovic, especially if he serves like he did today. We sort of saw, saw Hurkacz give give Djokovic a little bit of a problem with just how incredibly consistent he was on serve for, for most of the match. Uh, so I'm really, really curious to to see that matchup. But ultimately, I just think it's going to be Djokovic through in four, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can see Sinner taking a set. I mean, I, I think that's the interesting thing is with Sinner's draw, he's obviously not played a seeded player yet. So he's not had the ideal kind of warm up for someone of Djokovic's level. Um so that's going to work against him. What is going to work in his favour is he's the he knows he's the underdog and maybe he might just go in swinging freely. The one kind of question mark is how is he going to handle the occasion of his first major semi final, which he's finally achieved after let's face it, a couple of years of waiting because we we were for, since like twenty twenty one we were kind of going when's he going to do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's had some incredible matches before that point. This time he was. I think a bit helped by the by the draw for sure, um, which I mean it, it felt like from the beginning it felt like a pretty easy draw and it turned out to be even easier, maybe than expected. But yeah, I I just think he'll go out there, he'll he'll go for it, and, and we'll see what he can do to to hurt Djokovic there. Let's talk about the women's match because as Ghosty said, they were the much more interesting ones today. I think. Where do you want to start with Shigontek or Pegula losing? I, I would say that, that Shviontek losing is the bigger story, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, I did have both on at the same time, but of course it was Elina Svitolina winning 7-5-6-7-6-2 over Iga Shviontek. Uh, an incredible story. I, I, mean, I, I think let's talk about Svitolina first, because coming in with a wild card, coming in off of a good run at Roland Garros, I still didn't think that she was going to do much at Wimbledon. Um, but yeah, uh, as Gil Gross said, I, I saw this tweet earlier. Yeah, she has just been so much more aggressive uh, since this comeback, and especially on grass. He, she was like dominating Shontag in, in most of the rallies. It was it was really a wonderful, incredible performance. What did you think of it? Okay, um, I. I mean, look, it's it, it's not news to anyone. I'm an Iga Svantec fan, so people might think that this is going to uh, think I'm going to come up with something incredibly bitter. I'm genuinely really pleased for Lunilisa Svitolina. Um, I think for the it's kind of like for the the story of her coming back and being this good so quickly is incredible. She's she's kind of almost. I mean, like she's so close to saying she's in her Kim Clijsters era. Um, but maybe not quite. Let's not jump too far ahead. Um, I, it was it was an odd match because Fiontech started the better player um, and then went off the boil and errors kind of crept in. The first serve percentage dropped um, and Svitolina was returning like a maniac. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that, she, she was it was, it was amazing. Half half of, like, honestly, I think half the reason Sviantec was rattled was just how well Sviantelina was returning the ball um, and putting Sviantec on uh, the, the defence so quickly, um, even on her service games. And that's why her second serve, one percentage, was so low. Um, now, Sviantec was countering as best she could, but also Sviantelina had figured out that she just needs to hit the ball as close to Sviantec as she can get it. Um, and that means that Sviantec was struggling to get the forehand into play um, as much as she could. I think the wind in the first set didn't help. It was definitely affecting Sviantec more than Svitolina with the kind of the more loopiness on Sviantec's shots. They were more vulnerable to being taken by the wind. Um, and uh, I, I think that, I think I put a tweet out saying that um, I think it was a bit like the Benchich match in that Sviantec should have won the first set and Svitolina should have won the second set, um, <laughs> I think. Because Svitolina was up in that set and was the better player mm-hmm. for most of that set. And I thought when Sviantec snatched that set in the tie break from 1-4 down, I thought, OK, here we go. This is going to happen again. 
But Svitolina was just saying no. And she just got better and better and better as the match went on. Um, and by the end of it, I can say that, yes, yeah, Fiontech was having an off day, but Svitolina was playing well enough to capitalise on it because even when Fiontech is having an off day, you have to be playing well enough to... Um, you have to be playing well enough to to take advantage. A bit like with Novak Djokovic on the men's side, um, or even um, I'd probably say the same with Rebecca or Sabalenka at the minute, and the, sticking with the WTA. Um, so that's that's kind of how I saw it, really, and kind of that's my full analysis of it. It was a little bit eager having an off day, but Svitolina rising to the occasion and playing absolutely brilliantly. Yeah, and I mean, Shuntek seemed very, very rattled after that first set. Uh, of course, shouting at her, shouting at her box, uh, her psychologist also being the one that was trying to mainly give her advice, which was kind of weird to me as opposed to her coach. Um, but yeah, in that third set, Svitolina just just ran away with it. Like Shuntek to me, like yeah, she 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 didn't play well. She almost didn't have an opportunity to 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 play well in in that third set. Like Svitolina just absolutely ran over her mm -hmm. yeah but like yeah, yeah, let's so, say, wait, yeah. go ahead I was, I was gonna say like um with i mean see that and we have to talk about Svitolina's run as well um because i think bastian fashion um tweeted this out that four of her five wins um were against in this tournament were against sing against grand slam champions um in singles, actually, all five wins were against Grand Slam champions. If you take into account Mertens has won three major doubles titles. Yeah, it, it was really funny because he wrote former Grand Slam champion for every single one, and then just Mertens. Yeah, but, it was a bit harsh on Mertens. Which really. I mean, like, 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 like Mertens is like, didn't she have a stat where she was like undefeated in second rounds of yes. slams or something? You could have put something like that for her. Yeah, she um, was undefeated in slams. She's a three, um, three-time major doubles champion. Like that yeah. run is incredible probably um I, probably the only run through the draw that was tougher than von Droshevers, who beat pagula today um what did you think of that one yeah i mean von Drosheva, i i tweeted out something uh, once they were closing the roof it, it was 3-1 for pagula in the third um and I tweeted something like like Vondrosheva is the is the player that has like the biggest advantage of of them closing this roof, not only because um, she has sort of more variety uh, and and stuff like that, but 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 she could use really use the break. Begula held the game after that, and then Vondrosheva won five straight games, including an incredible game at I think it was four all that included like a thirty one shot rally that was absolutely insane. That Vondrosheva actually lost. Uh, to give Pagula the advantage with like an approach shot that was like the easiest shot in the entire rally. She just put it into the net. But then, yeah, Pagula was just like, like she, she started to approach a lot more in the second set. She became more aggressive, more like she was dominating from the baseline or trying to in the, in the first set as well. Um, but I felt like in those moments, she was just so nervy, like snatching at the ground strokes, not approaching at all. When like Vondrosheva, she there was like a number of moments where, where she played this like defensive slice forehand that was just like sailing across court that that felt like such a good opportunity to try and like approach off of, but then Pagula just waits it out and she's pushed back into the corner instead, and that happened like two or three times in 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 the latter stages of that third set, so yeah, it just felt like Jessica Pagula once again letting another opportunity slide by her. Uh, in this quarterfinal, but yeah, Vondrosheva, all the credit to her because she was there to to take advantage. For sure. And I think yeah, I, I was, I did try and keep as much of an eye on it as possible. Um, what I was noticing was, I think it, there was a lot of long rallies in that match. Um, and um, Vondrosheva, and it was just a case of who was going to break down first. And I think with Van Drosheva's spin, like far more spin and variety involved and ability to mix things up, um, this means that um, 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, that meant that like Pagula was always going to be the more vulnerable one in that situation because she's a bit flatter. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely agree with the massive missed opportunity for Pagula. Um, this was her best opportunity to make that major slam semifinal. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and now she's out of the doubles as well. <laughs> Goff just lost. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't see that they lost the doubles as well. That's that's rough. Yeah. I mean, um, credit to her for going out there, I guess, after, after losing a match like this. Uh, but yeah, she was probably in no state of mind to be to be playing more tennis after she just let you know four one up four one up in the third uh slide by i mean to be fair yeah. they did have a tough draw they were up against the grand slam winning doubles pair in laura siegman Siegmund's one out of our, yeah yeah so that would be why but yeah it wasn't it wasn't ideal but yeah this is not a good day for jessica pagula um <laughs> definitely ruining some things um but uh yeah that was a yeah, and now we're into a situation where we're into a semi-final at Wimbledon that no one predicted, but I think most people are happy about. Svitolina and Von Drosheva. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. How do you see that one playing out? It's tough. So they've played each other five times already, um, okay. which it, it, it doesn't feel like that. Von Drosheva is up 3-2 in the head-to-head. Uh, and of course, she beat her at the Olympics in the semi-finals 3-1. But I feel like on grass with Vondrosheva uh, sort of having this loopier forehand, which I feel like Pegula was taking advantage of when she was up. Uh, she was able to sort of more dictate off of it. And and even like some of Vondrosheva's positioning in the first two sets was more defensive than I expected. Uh, I feel like Svitolina is the favorite for me. Just with these aggressive ground strokes, ag- aggressive returns that she's been putting in, I, I feel like she's going to take this. I think... I agree with you. Um, I I definitely think that she's got the ability to take, to punish for Dreyfus's more loopy shots. She um, she has already played in several other really great defensive players. Um, she's playing the best tennis of her career right now, Svitolina. Uh, yeah. And what's more, she's going to have the crowd advantage behind her. I don't think it bothered Sviantec too much today, um, but I could see it bothering um, the maybe von Drusheva if the crowd is so heavily behind Svitolina on that semi-final leg because I think the, the 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 British crowds the Wimbledon crowds have decided they want to back the Ukrainian um, which I can completely understand um, so yeah the, 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 uh, the only question mark for me around Svitolina in this matchup is how is she going to handle all of those slices and stuff uh, is she going to sort of keep herself in that aggressive mindset when she keeps being pushed back behind the baseline um, or when she's getting sort of these, these these lower shots. So, yeah, that's that's the only thing that I'm worried about because so far on this run, I don't think that she has faced a player with as much variety as, as Vondrosheva will bring. But still, Svitolina is the favourite. Yeah, I think I think we're on the same, the same page with that one. Um, I know this is probably a very efficient conversation um, because... <laughs> Uh, well, those that uh, there's not a lot to say. I think we both we both picked up on um, all the key things, and uh, you know, at the same time, you know, that's the that's the disadvantage of far fewer matches today. Sadly, um, in the singles, um, in the senior singles, um, obviously, um, plenty of interest. Like, well, it wasn't much. Um, wasn't much to be uh, talked about, but. Um, yeah, um, John's asking whether Pagula has a quarterfinal problem. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, like I don't like, think like, so. The, 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 the other ones weren't bad losses. Like like this one felt like the first really bad loss where you're losing five straight games, right? Yeah, because like her first four were against people like Barty and Sviantec. Yeah, you're not going to lose though. Like she was never the favorite for those. 
there was Azarenka in um, Australia. Mm. That's a forgivable one because Azarenka is a major champion. And I think on Vondrosha is a forgivable one because, you know, major finalist um, and uh, Olympic silver medalist. And like when she gets the stage, peaks. Um, I think this is the one Pagula came closest to, though. Um, I couldn't see an awful lot Pagula did wrong in that match. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I feel like after the after the roof shot, after the break, she just got nervous. She was snatching at her shots. Like, yeah, t- t- today, I feel like she definitely made, made mistakes. In the other losses, it doesn't really feel like any of them were, were bad ones. So that's why I'm, I'm not ready to call mm-hmm. it like a quarterfinal problem, even though it, it's, of course, seems like it when she's 0-6 uh, in quarters. Of course, yeah, the, the, the Jen Brady was the first one, but they were both sort of breaking out at that moment. Uh, and Jen Brady at that time was also really, really good. Um, yeah. I hope we get her back at some point. But yeah, after that, Barty, two losses to Shuantek, lost to Azarenka, which was straight sets where Azarenka was clearly the better player. This was the one where she felt it felt like she had it on her racket and she just let it slip entirely. Uh, but yeah, where did it go wrong though? That's the thing, because I, I feel I, like I, 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 I just wrestled feel like control. She handled the moment. Like it, it, it felt like once Vondroshva started turning around, she she couldn't handle the the moment. She she lost that break. She lost that four all game, uh, which felt very very key uh, to the to the to the remainder of the match. And then Vondroshva served it out easy. Like there there wasn't even an, an issue at all. So. Yeah. I I I would say that Vondrosheva won it more than Pagula lost it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like Vondrosheva found like a much much better level, uh, and it's, and, and it's she sort not, of generally became more aggressive. It's not like I know there's some people um, uh, comparing it to the Sakari semi-final problem. The difference between the Sakari semi-final problem and the Sakari finals problem is. Sakari was doing it to players that she should be beating. Whereas yeah. I, I, I think a lot of us went into this thinking, could we honestly say Pagula should be beating Vondrosheva? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, like, okay, like beginning of the match, Vondrosheva was a slight favorite for me, but it just feels like from that position where you're up four-one in the in the third, Pagula should have should have won that match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, maybe I, I'm not willing to be that harsh on her, to be honest. Mm. Um, Fair and, enough. um, I keep talking about the Shviontek forehand. I, I agree. The Shviontek forehand was misfiring. I think it was a combination of, she was having a bad day and then sort of by the third set, Svitolina was putting the ball in places that was tempting her to misfire. Um, so it was. I, I'm willing to kind of call it 50-50 on that result for 50 percent Shviontek, bad day. Fifty percent, fifty percent Svitolina having an amazing day. Yeah, um, and, and, and also like like Svitolina was was putting pressure on her pretty well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, you have like we've seen Shviontek have bad days against much lesser players and still win in straight sets. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and like Gibby makes a good point about Pagula being about a grass court. I mean, Maketa Vondrosheva on grass before. Yeah, she, 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 she didn't really have a good record coming into this event. Like um, Berlin, she had a good tournament, and that was when people were like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people were kind of looking yeah, at going, I mean, okay. like, like, like her, 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 her run going into this match sort of convinced me of, of her being a good court player. I mean, Peyton Stearns is, isn't like a tough first round, but then Kudermetova, three and three, Dona Vekic, six, one, seven, five, coming back from Mr. Dominic is Maria Boskova. Mm. Uh, yeah, so, so, so sort of that round going into the match made me have Vondrosheva as a, as a slight favorite. Yeah, I would probably probably agree with that. I can't find anything that breaks down um, Vondrosheva's uh, history by surface. I mean, like, she's not someone we've traditionally thought um on it no i mean um, like she, she's 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 12 and 12 but that's including this run so so coming into okay. it 
She was, what, seven and 12, I think? Tell you what, this is making that Emma Raducanu run in 2021 look even more impressive, given that Raducanu beat Van Drosje in round one, I think. It was rather round one or round yeah. two. Um, as for Josie's comment, I just want to say, you are going to have, a player's going to have to have a shocking day for me to be harsh on anyone, no matter whoever they are. I will always go with the optimistic side. Um don't get me wrong. If I see a player having a shocking day, I will say it. But Pagula did not have a shocking day. Yeah, no. I mean, like, I I feel like she had she had some shocking points in the finish. Like, there there, there were just points where she was like advantage up in that uh, four all game, and she just like, yeah, she she, she just didn't meet the moment uh, in in the way where she should have just like snatching at, at, at the ground strokes staying back where I feel like she, she could have been more aggressive. Uh, yeah, like it, it, it felt like a combination of both. Like Von Drosheva had to be there to to put her in that position and, and to take advantage of it. So full credit to, to Von Drosheva, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Should we talk about some doubles? I mean, is there any... Okay, well, I'll let you, like, um, we can talk about doubles um, today. Yeah, I mean, it, is there any particular doubles results that you, other than the Pagula Goff loss, which we we did mention earlier, and that not being a great day for them, and another missed opportunity for a Grand Slam for them, actually. Um, uh, is there any others that you would say, huh, might be worth touching on? One one that really stood out to me was Ariel Behar and Adam Pavasek taking out uh, Nikola Mektic and Mate Pavic. Oh, wow. Four, three, six, seven, five. Uh, Behar Pavlasek, uh, they uh, were killing it on the challengers. They won Prostyov, they won, they won Bratislava, and they made the final of Poznan. So they put together like, um, what is that, like like an 11 win streak uh, before Wimbledon. That basically allowed them to, to get into Wimbledon. Uh, first round, they beat Andrzej and Serundolo, which isn't like a super impressive win. But then Fabrice Martin and Andras uh, Mies are serious doubles players. And Mektic Pavic, I mean, that's a great win over Mektic Pavic, who, who like belong among the favorites, of course, on, on grass. Uh, defending finalists won Stuttgart and Eastbourne coming in, so that was a huge upset. And yeah, yeah definitely. really good to see for Pavlasek. Yeah, Mektic Pavic, I, I thought they would be one of the favorites for the title. Um, would be, yeah. And, and they, they now get to play Kulhov and Skapski, the, the top seeds in the... Who now have to be finals. the favorites for the title, right? Because they haven't won a major yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it feels like they are the favorites. Marian Venus, uh, beat Denise and Angelinski. I, I feel like they are among my my favorites for the title here. Bopana mm-hmm. and Ebden, we'll we'll see. But yeah, cool, cool of Skubsky are the presumptive favorite at this point. I think. I think so. I think so too. And especially since Skubsky's a, a mixed doubles champion here as well, twice. Um, yeah. So that's a that's a really good opportunity for them. Um, the ladies' doubles is now wide open because I think a lot of the main seeds are now out. Um, I mean, Von yeah, I mean, actually pulled out the doubles um, before her match, her singles match. So that allowed Storm Hunter and Elise Mertens through. They, they're the highest seeds left. Um, Shea and Stritzova beating Garcia and Stefani. That's a big win. Um, huge match. That, huge match. Yeah. That, that given their pedigree as a doubles doubles players they're probably big favorites as well now yeah i mean they they have uh, sigmund and zonareva or boskova and sergestorma up next uh so we'll see what, what happens there it, it was kind of a weird day where, where they played like half the third rounds and then half the quarterfinals uh in the ladies doubles well, that's but, still catching uh, up also, right <laughs> yeah uh also on the top half we had Zhang Shuai and Caroline Dolahide making it making it into the semis beating Kalashnikov and Shimanovic so they could potentially face Hunter and Mertens and they played the British wildcards Nick Sabins and Maya Lumsden who took out my Slovak hopes yesterday in Runčakova and Mihalkova yeah tough tough match but they they played they played really well and, and like under pressure they were serving really well it was it was quite impressive Mm. Yeah, because I don't, I wasn't aware of them having much of a doubles pedigree. So yeah, good on them. Obviously, um, first all British women's team to make um, uh, make a quarterfinal of Wimbledon um, for a long, long time. I forget off the top of my head. 
Um, mm. I know the last time Britain had a women's doubles champion was 1956, um, which is the longest wait in any of the main competitions. But um, not, don't forget Heather Watson did make the quarters um, in 2015. Just she not well, she wasn't partnered with a Brit. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and in the mixed we have the semis set now. Uh, we have Mate Pavic and uh, Ludmila Kichenok. They beat Mahu and Danielina. We still have the British wildcards, Johnny O'Mara and Olivia Nichols. They beat Ebden and Ellen Perez, 7575. Medukov and Sujeti are still in there, 7562. Fliegen and Zoo are the last team, 7662. I would imagine, well, actually, they, they've got to play us tomorrow because the finals on Thursday now. Um, used to be the last match on oh, yeah. Sunday, but now they've moved the mixed doubles final to Thursday. Um, and I believe, I, I would pick Pavich and Kitchenock or Amara Nichols to be the favourites. So that yeah, and, and they, they, they actually play each other in a, in a semi. It's going to be interesting. Middlecup and, and Sujaiti are are sort of like, they, they went a bit under the radar for me, but they beat Roger and, and Shibahara and now they beat Orevala and Kostiuk. So they, they, could, they could maybe maybe be dangerous here. But yeah, it feels like Pavic and, and Kitchenok are the, are the main favourites for me as well. Mm. Yeah, um, that would make sense. And like you know, Kitchenok, obviously former uh, Birmingham champion with Ostapenko. So um, yeah, that's pretty good. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I think that's, we, we've been putting it off long enough. We need to talk about tomorrow because tomorrow yes. it's a packed order of play. Um, so I think we'll start with the women because they're starting things off because at the same time, oh, well, almost at the same time, one is starting half an hour before the other. Centre court is Jean Jabeur against Amina Rabakina, which will start half an hour after Madison Keys and Arena Sabalenka on court one. You won't know where to look tomorrow. No, no, it, I'm going to be in a car on the way to a cottage. So I won't be able to double screen this. So it's going to be some very, very tough uh, decisions as to who I'm going to be watching on my phone in the car uh, and how I'm going to even do that. I still need to figure that out. But yeah, I mean, it's it's really a, a great, great day of tennis that we have tomorrow. Um, these two ladies' quarterfinals are incredible. Keys and Sabalika, of course, like an absolute big babe tennis fest. Um where yeah, I mean, e- either either could take it absolutely. Sabalenka is still the favorite for me. She's the favorite for me to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can absolutely see Madison Keys winning this match, and then Onja Bor and Yelena Rybakina getting the the rematch of last year's final, where hopefully we see Jabor uh, a, a bit less nervous and and more sort of not carefree, uh, but more sort of playing looser and, and really unleashing all of the ons magic that she has on Ribakina and just seeing how uh, Ribakina can react. Don't use my phone and drive. I don't, I'm not going to be driving, so uh, I'm going to be in the car, mm-hmm. but not yeah. driving. I, so, I, that's what yeah. I, I went to. I, I assumed you were the passenger, Jakob. <laughs> you do not seem like a I, kind of guy. I do not own or possess a driver's license. So, yeah, no, no driving for me. There you go, doubly illegal, driving without a license and watching tennis on his phone. That's not <laughs> something you really want to risk. Um, um, so I would say, um, by the way, I just want to come back on a comment from Ghibli. Um, had a question. He was asking about Shviontek's, um first serve percentage. She actually served 72% first serves in that match Which... against Svitolina. Um, so she couldn't win. I mean, it's, it, it, it really is... First serve points one sixty eight percent, thirty three percent one behind second serve. So she was very vulnerable on second serve. Although so was Fitzalina because she only won forty percent behind her second serve. Um, but um, with um, but 
I think the the key difference there is just showing how good that Svitolina return was, really. Yeah, she she was just eating her up on the second serves every single time. Uh, it it felt like it was just going to be a bomb coming back. Um, and yeah, I mean the 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 main difference that sort of uh, you see there because they did have like a similar second serve percentage one. Svitolina won fourteen more percent off of the first serve, fifty one of sixty two for eighty two percent. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, like, we, we keep talking about her return, but she was also serving absolutely incredible in this match. Mm, yeah, for sure. And, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, that was, that's just no way. It was a great performance from Alina Svitolina. Um, and I think that's that's what it took. Um, so, um, I, I think let's go back to tomorrow then. So, yeah, we've got a yeah. lot of interesting... Uh, yeah, it's an interesting matchup. Um, I think let's go with, because it's probably one we're all going to be starting to watch tomorrow, because at least we can get half an hour of just focusing on Keys Sabalenka. We know it's going to be a power fest. Um, Sabalenka, I thought, looked worrying against um, Gracheva. Um, she also had some unexpected service break, lost her serve a couple of times against Blinkova much more efficient against Alexandrova, especially in the second set. Um, yeah. Um, Lasted her off the court. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And obviously having Keys being another big hitter, that's going to give her great prep. Um, and Keys, in theory, could ha- has the game to expose any cracks in the Sabalenka, uh, in Sabalenka. But I feel like maybe Keys is going to be the one more like to run out of gas, um, given how many matches she's played recently. I mean, she's on a grass court winning streak. She's the only one of the women who were on a grass court winning streak left in the tournament because um, Fiontech and um, Kvitova have now lost. Uh, but I'm just wondering whether, and also Madison, the way she handled Andreva kind of coming at her, having to try and find a change up, that strategy is not going to work in the same way against Sabalenka. So I'm making Sabalenka the favourite, but I wouldn't be surprised if Keys pulls something off. Same for me, yeah. Um, so, so somebody was the one time they played on... Um, actually, I looked up last night. The one time they played on grass, Keys won in three. And that was two years ago. Yeah, two, two years ago, pre-Sabalenka sort of Sabalenka fixing her serve, um, but that was the year Sabalenka was asking, in semis. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I I just feel like I trust Keys less than I do uh, Sabalenka at this moment. There's an element. And, 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 yeah, like she 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 came pretty close to to losing to Andreeva. Of course, played brilliantly to turn that match around. And if she continues that level, um, she she should be able to win. But I, I I don't know. There there's just something about Madison Keys that makes me like b- believe in her uh, a bit less than than Sabalenka here. Yeah, especially at the minute, right? Um, because Sabalenka is one of the players of the season, um, if not the player. Yeah, I mean, like, and, and, and just coming off of that performance against Alexandrova, where Alexandrova was like hitting really really well for that first set. And it just did not matter in the slightest. And Sablanka just entirely took that match out of her hands. And I, I mean, I, I could see that uh, happening again here. But yeah, if, if Sablanka is misfiring, Keys is, is somebody who can take advantage, who take, uh, can take advantage of that. And I think given how Sablanka's improved over her draw, um, over the course of the draw, I think that Keys is more likely to misfire than she is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Onja Bor, Yelenari Bakina. How do you oh. see how do you see that one playing out? Okay. Um okay. I think it's gonna go three. Um I think Ons is out for revenge. Um as much as Ons can be, because we know she's lovely. Um I think just watching Rebecca in this tournament, she's been ruthless um, making her way through the draw. She might, I think she might drop the early 
um, the first set because I think she might be suffering a little bit from uh, the retirement that um, Haddad Jemaya gave her. Um, so probably didn't have as many match warm-up. But I think once she finds her game, she'll be able to hit through Ons, who might be still be lacking a little bit of confidence. But I'm not... I, that's how I think it's going to go, but I'm not 100% sure that that's how it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that we might see a little bit of rust from, from Ribakina, uh, similar maybe to her first match against Rogers, although she was still dealing with an illness at that point. So I think that was maybe affecting her during that first set that she dropped. But yeah, I mean, in her last two matches, she beat Katie Boulder 6-1-6-1 and then played just five games against Hadamaya before uh, Hadamaya retired. So we'll see. On Jabor, we've seen this, um, you know, incredibly efficient version of On Jabor against Petra Kvitova dropping three games. Uh, I don't really see that happening again unless Ribakina is just entirely misfiring. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, I think, a close match, uh, sort of closer maybe in the individual sets than they were in the final last year. Uh, I'm I'm just really, really excited for this matchup, to be honest. Yeah, I, I am too. And it's a great contrast of, yeah, we, we have seen an efficient version of Shabur, but we know how she prefers to play. And against someone who is known for ruthless efficiency like Rabakina, um, that's just going to be super exciting. Um, so yeah, and I it, it it's it, that's got to be the one to to mainly watch. If anything, just for the the drama aspect of it. But I wouldn't be surprised if we had some absolute insanity um, going going on at the same time, like we kind of had today, and also on uh, Sunday when we had the Sviontek Benchich match at the same time as the absolutely brilliant Azarenka and Svitolina match. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough on these quarterfinal days uh, when when they're both at the same time. I feel like today was even rougher since we had both of the good matches on at the same time. But I feel like I'm more excited for these men's quarterfinals yeah. than I was for for today's for sure. For the, the days men's, yeah, I think we'll still have the best matches on at the same time as each other. But I'm kind of biased yeah. towards the WTA, um, and I I don't know because we, we can go on to this. We can talk about the men's quarterfinals now. I am not super convinced we're necessarily going to get good matches here. Um, I know Alcaraz Runa is hotly anticipated. I think Runa's going to run out of energy after maybe set two or three. I mean, I'm 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 not that convinced that that's going to happen. Of course, Alcaraz feels like the favorite for me. He has been quite impressive, sort of through throughout the run. Um, the forehands that he's able to unleash are just absolutely deadly. Coming back from a sedan against Berrettini last time out, he was able to sort of just neutralize him in the in the latter three sets. Runa is yeah, Runa is a, is a bit weird to me. Yeah, maybe maybe this is a bit more straightforward than I than I think it will be for for Alcaraz. Yeah. I I, th- I I think we agree that I think it's going to be more um, uh, more straightforward um, for uh, yeah for Alcaraz than people are thinking. Yeah, I mean, like like Runa is coming off of this really really long match against Davidovich Bukina and against a, a very tight match against Dimitrov, which also took a lot of energy out of him. I'm, I was well, I'm saying I think he's going to run the match. Yeah, that, that yeah, I, I was impressed that he was able to even win that match over over Dimitrov because it felt like uh, Dimitrov was the bigger or, or the better player to me for for most of that match. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I'm probably going to say Alcaraz in four. Okay, Alcaraz in four. I I could see that. I think it's gonna be Alcaraz in three or four. And. Fair enough. I know so are some... you more excited for Medvedev Eubanks? No, I think of the two, I'm still more excited for Alcaraz Runa. I think the question is how competitive can Eubanks make it? I could see it yeah, going I mean, look, like, his, maybe his game is, is absolutely massive. I'm a bit worried about the, the nerves for him coming out. We we saw the nerves show up a bit when he was try, trying to close out the match against Tsitsipas. Uh so I think we'll maybe see a little bit of a slower start for Eubanks. 
And then once the serve is firing, once the forehand is firing, like there's no reason why it, it, he can't take it to tie breaks. And then mm -hmm. we just see what happens in the tie breaks, really. Yeah. Um, I think Medvedev does have the ability to absorb everything um, that Eubanks would throw at him. Um, and uh, yeah, you're right about the nerves for Eubanks. I mean, he did all right dealing with Sitsipas. Um, I um, but yeah, I think Medvedev still remains the heavy favorite. It's also going to depend on how good Eubanks' return is, slash, how many second serves Medvedev gives him. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. do we not have the rest of the schedule for tomorrow yet? Um, yeah. having a look at it, no, I think like. They, they've released some stuff. So Court 14, um, the wheelchairs at the beginning. Um, uh, so um, they they only start the quarterfinal stage. So Court mm -hmm. 14 is all wheelchair matches. Um, if you follow wheelchair tennis, it's all very, um, very close. I think they're all going to be great matches, uh, particularly Gerard versus Hewitt, um, two Grand Slam champions. Um, same on Court 15, there's more wheelchair Actually, I think the only thing that's been confirmed is the wheelchairs. I don't think anything else has been confirmed mm -hmm. on any other courts yet. I've just refreshed it. No, it's just the wheelchairs on courts 14, 15, and 17, which if you have a grounds pass for Wimbledon, definitely go and check those out because the the athleticism on display is incredible. Um, Gemma Stevenson's obviously someone who covers the sport. We're talking to her next week. Um that's going to be, but I think, you know, if you, if you have an opportunity to watch some wheelchair tennis, do it because um, people think, oh, it's not going to be as uh, sort of strong as um, the, the, the men, uh, the, the able-bodied game. Trust me, watched, I've watched the, <laughs> the, the wheelchair matches. Like I know they're allowed to have the ball bouncing twice. Often they don't need to. Um, they can just hit it. Um, and move around pretty quick. So um, it's a it's a great spectacle um, if you can um, can watch it. So I'm not going to assume people necessarily know who everyone is, unless obviously you do, Jakob. No, no. I mean, I, I was just going to say that uh, I watched. I think it was Alfie Hewitt. I can't remember which round of last year's Wimbledon, uh, but it was it was like one of the best matches that I watched of the tournament. Like it was just such incredible stakes. Uh, and yeah, I mean, like the athleticism of playing tennis in a wheelchair is insane. Yeah. And like, the, the especially the, I mean, if you think about it for the, the, the power levels are a bit low for the quad wheelchairs, but that's obviously because it's, it's three out of four limbs um, minimum that are uh, uh, sort of a, that might, uh, that sort of may not be functioning as um, uh, kind of expected, but they're still um, incredible. I mean, like Dylan Alcott's dominance of that discipline was incredible, um, and he's a massive superstar in Australia now, which is which is great to see. Um, yeah, plenty of plenty in action there um, for um, for those. Obviously, you've got Dieter de Groot um, from the uh, Netherlands um, opening up court fourteen. Dominant force in ladies' wheelchair tennis. Andy Lapthorne's taking on the top seed, Vink. Gordon Reed and uh, Gigi Fernandez, that's a good one. Um, and, uh, yeah, a few others further down. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the only thing that's been confirmed. Uh, I think that's, yeah, um, I think that's the only ones that have been confirmed. Obviously, I suspect we'll see some doubles matches confirmed um, in the next few minutes to a few hours, probably. And then we can... Uh, check those out there's probably gonna be plenty of invitation doubles in there at least yeah yeah i mean i, I was surprised by some of the teams looking at them uh today just, just like scrolling through the results i, I saw that magdalena Baricova is playing invitational yeah. doubles which i was <laughs> lena. Like, like of course uh yeah lena and agnieszka radvanska are, are playing together um the only bit that i saw was today accidentally i i, I saw it but yeah it was grozan and radek stepanek playing against the prime brothers yeah they're still going um i tell you what um probably one that was worth 
watching in terms of scouting how someone uh, um, uh, someone uh, doing well um, in, ahead of an actual senior result. Carolyn Vosniaki is playing the invitational job. Black. Black. And obviously, interesting preparation for a comeback to the main professional tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a comeback that's just weeks away. Uh, beat Handukhova and Robson. But a six-one, one-six, and ten-eight. So I mean, dropping a, a six-one set to to Hadukova and Robson, who've both been uh, retired for a couple of years now, not a great sign. But I'm sure that she wasn't really trying. I mean, maybe we can blame Kara Black for that uh, one. <laughs> oh, we've got some breaking, breaking news. news. Liam Brody's playing in Newport. He's loving the grass. Seemingly, wow, that, that surprised me for sure. I mean, I'm not surprised he's 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 feeling confident about playing on grass. Um, if he's had a good Wimbledon, it's, it's great momentum. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's just like Newport is like real real fast grass, which I mean uh, feels maybe a bit less suited than like the nowadays grass that we have in Wimbledon. But I mean, if if he feels if he's feeling it, go for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean Newport Newport's lineup is interesting because obviously. Um, Kevin Anderson's coming back um, at that tournament yeah. as well, um, which is insane. Actually, Chris Eubanks, it, but he's probably going to be um, pulling out. We would expect, or I would expect him to anyway. Um, who maybe, else? Maybe there? I mean, I'm, maybe, maybe he would be open to playing Newport anyway. Yeah, they have Tommy Paul's top seed, Adrian yeah. Marino, Hugo Umbert, Maxime Cressy. Uh, John Isner is there, of course, as you said. Uh, Kevin Anderson there with the wild card. Um, yeah, Liam Brody just made it in. Who just made it in? Sorry, uh, Liam Brody is is, is yeah. like the last player in right now. I think James has a theory that Andy Murray's going to enter it. I think that oh, might not be the best move for him. Has he ever played it? I, I don't. No, remember. he's never played. I, I think he played last year. Um, he got to the quarterfinals, um, lost to Bublik in straight sets. Uh, I think James's theory is he's going to win, win win that event, get 250 points, and guarantee himself a, a seeding for the US Open. I mean, even if he enters it, I'm not certain that he's winning it. I mean, um, it feels very sort of random in, in Newport. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if Bublik was able to beat him last year, who's to say that somebody else won't beat him this year? I mean, it's optimistic, I think, and I'm not entirely sure that's the best for his kind of preparation either. Um, yeah, I I feel like just just focus on on the regular U.S. Open warm ups, maybe. Yeah, but you know, if if you're in Newport, come and check it out. Um, Owen actually got to go and cover Absolutely. it a year or two ago. Um, yeah, I mean, for... it's, a, it's a fascinating tournament. I, I would love to go someday. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of interesting tournaments you can go to. Um, I don't know whether I would... I think, obviously, Newport's the home of the Tennis Hall of Fame, isn't it? Um, so I think that's where they also announced who's joining it. Um, but yeah, we've got some... Uh, but yeah, Liam Brody, I'd, I'd say, you know, back him to do, do a decent job. Um, obviously, that's his performance last year at the... 2022 qualified by beating Brandon Holt and uh, then losing to James Duckworth in the opening round. Yeah, I mean D Duckworth's back for more, uh, also in this year's lineup. So maybe maybe they get a rematch or something. But Duckworth <laughs> has been struggling a lot more than than he did at, at last year on the uh, at, at that point of the season. Well, there you go. We've done not only a preview of tomorrow, we've also done a preview for Newport next week. <laughs> um, so, um, Damien and Mario, if you're watching, ATP Weekly is already sorted. You're welcome. Yeah, just, just play that <laughs> clip back. Oh, we, we actually have just got the, the doubles assignments for, for tomorrow. And we've got them now. Yeah, so on the number two court, it will be Storm Hunter and Elise Mertens opening against Baines and Lumsden. Then we get Kravitz and Putz against Jamie Murray and Michael Venus. Boskova, Sorry, Bestodmo against Sigamund. 
And Svonareva, and then we get ladies' invitational doubles there. Kleister's anything gets against Petkovic and Ribarikova. I mean, they have put literally pretty much all the good doubles matches on court two. So if anyone's got a court ticket, uh, court two ticket for um, tomorrow, um, then uh, I think you're in for a treat. Although, having said that, you know, you've got Kov and Skupski on number three court, um, Pavic and Kitchenok against Aaron Nichols on court three as well. So if you're, if you're in it for the Brits, um, then that's a good opportunity as well. Yes, yes, it is. Sorry, I, I just saw what Ghosty wrote in the in the chat. Um, yeah, uh, there, there's yeah, Omar Nichols against Pavic and Kitchenok probably is the best mixed match. Well, there, there's two out of the two semis. Um, yeah, they they put Middlecoop Sujadi and Fliegen Zoo out on court eighteen. Uh, wow, the the lowest court assignments of of, of any of that, the that's the a choice. Doubles. Well, not the lowest. I mean, you mean just for the doubles, right? And I, I wouldn't call eighteen the yeah. lowest court assignment possible. Yeah, no, no. I'm 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 just saying out of the doubles. Um, I okay. think it's the it's the worst one. I, I'm pretty sure all of the other ones are on. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. There's, for, there's, uh, there's court twelve as well. Yeah, court, court twelve. Is, is yeah, but that's, they, eighteen. Yeah, they've put uh, Hicksport and Stevens against Vapana and Ebton on court twelve. Um, but that's a gentleman's doubles match. I am surprised that yeah, the semi final is on court eighteen. But the, the capacity in court eighteen is really good. It has to be said. You get it's a good, good yeah. Um. Oh yeah, because you obviously you went to Wimbledon, so um, you probably yes, got. I, I have now been. Uh, I I saw it around uh, for all of the maybe six hours I spent on site over the two days that I was there. <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah. after you got caught up in all that nonsense on Monday as well, yeah. you were miles ahead Monday of me in the queue for eight hours, and then uh, Tuesday they played for about five minutes before it started to rain, and then I, you only stayed on site for three hours on Monday, or did you? It was a bit longer. Uh, on, on it, it was a bit longer on Monday. It was it was four p.m. I got in, and then by by nine p.m. they they shut down pretty much. So it was yeah five five ish hours. Okay. I don't know. Oh, yeah, behind. I, I, I thought you were ahead of me on Monday, but no, I I got there before anyone else. Oh yeah, yeah. You you, you were there for like five thirty. I was there for seven thirty, maybe on Monday. I got there. So okay. Uh yeah, no, I, I wasn't that dedicated. Yeah, court seven, you have Tomasz Berkita and Rodrigo Pacheco Mendes. I think that would be a good match. Uh, Damian is very big on, on Berkita as a, as a talent, so I'm curious to, to watch him in that match. Also, have Jaroslav Demin and Adno uh, Gibodo in the, in the uh, sorry, Antoine Gibodo in the match before that, who, who should also be pretty good. Demin, I saw earlier this year on the, on the Challengers in, oh, it was in Spain. Who did he play? Uh, Passaro uh, in, in Tenerife but yeah I'm going to be honest with you mate I don't know the juniors at all so um, I'm going to take your word for it on that one so if anyone is checking out the juniors definitely go with Jacob's recommendations and not mine yeah I mean I'm, I'm no juniors buff I, I just sort of see some of these guys on the challenger tour that I remember the name I'm like oh there you are out of the women's uh, or, or or the girls' singles, uh, Renate Amerikova, of course, are a real last of a cope. Uh, up again tomorrow, I think, against who's she playing? Out on court eight, first time against Monk Mortensen of Denmark, and then she's she's actually playing doubles also later later that day uh, on the same court. Well, then go and check those out um, if you can. Um, well, then, I think we've got you all covered for all the action across all the disciplines uh, at all of Wimbledon. And um, we're all, we will be back. There will be live streams tomorrow. John is going to be covering um, the women's quarterfinals. I hope that he has someone who can um, join him for those. Um, and then uh, remind me who's in, who's covering the men's quarterfinals. I think I think it's Damien and Vanch. Damien and Vanch, which is the best possible one of the best possible commentary teams you can get um, right now. Um, so brilliant combination. Expect plenty of expert analysis 
particularly of Alcaraz versus Runa. Fabs taking a particular interest in it. Oh, actually, they're both taking a particular interest in it um, yeah. for the Eager and Carlos podcast. Um, and then I am back for the last ball drops for the last time at Wimbledon. Can't keep them out. Lock no, Damien owned it for Roland Garros. I am owning it for Wimbledon. This is how it's going. Um, I, I as soon as soon as I knew I wasn't working um, in my regular job this week, uh, these couple of weeks, I was like, I'm definitely going to get on as many last ball drops as I possibly can. Um, so I'm on with Tom. I will be discussing everything that happens tomorrow. Um, we will probably spend a lot of time talking about the women's tennis because that's going to be the um, uh, that's probably going to be where most of the drama comes from. But hey, who knows? Maybe Holger Rune will surprise us. Um, maybe Chris uh, Eubanks will surprise you. Maybe Chris Eubanks will surprise you. He's already surprised us a few times this tournament. Um, so um, we'll leave you to it. Um, come back tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. And thanks for coming on, Jakob. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. Brilliant. Keep talking tennis. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.